0: Talk to it. You. Your memories. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I remember the the silver banks and Chatwin's torrent and Shankly uh, bore. Oh, that was weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's uh, Broken Bay. And
1: nothing's happening.
2: Fuck, then.
0: You can't just describe it. You need to give it your memories.
2: Oh. Okay.
0: My, Fillory. I remember the first time I saw Pegasus. I was 10. Only in Fillory. I remember the first time I saw my dad use magic to make a knife. And then he wouldn't show me, cause I am a girl. I remember my dad gave me away to a stranger and that's where I realized, Fillory kinda sucks sometimes. What are you doing? I'm talking about my Fillory. That place could be uh, backwards as shit. And I'm thinking, I don't want to replicate that. We kind of need a wellspring, so... Right. Can't I just... have the best of Fillory? The best of us. Of Earth. Plus the best of those cool movies Todd and I watched. (laughs) That's the home I want. That's what we deserve. It's happening. Keep going. Keep going.
1: Where'd they go? I don't know.
3: Welcome back to Physical Kids Weekly. I'm Clara. And I'm Danny, And we are talking today about the season finale, nay, the series finale, episode 513, Fillory and Further, with three of our favorite people in the world, actress Olivia Taylor Dudley, who plays Alice, actor Arjun Gupta, who plays Penny, and Lev Grossman, author of the novels The Magicians is based on. Lev, Arjun, Olivia,
4: welcome back. It's good to be back.
2: Thanks for having us.
4: So fun to be here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
5: we're so happy to have you all here to talk about this finale. It feels like the right mix, the first three people we ever interviewed for the podcast or for the fandom, and I think we've probably cried on the podcast with all of you. Yep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to talk about in this episode, uh, so I want to get into it pretty quickly. I will again say that for this, the third, third time this season we are drinking on the podcast so when our feelings come out you know that they are fueled Mm -hmm. (laughs) a quick heads up before we start too, we're gonna skip fashion this time to leave us more time to talk about the episode itself um since this is the finale we just wanted to make sure that we had that extra time
6: that's good i always struggle with the fashion part (laughs)
3: in life or in the podcast
6: it's not where where i shine in life or in the podcast
4: why are you lying we can see that awesome collar out of the sweater fam (laughs) (laughs) you're killing that look solidly professorial
3: (laughs) um all right well i'm gonna jump into the summary this episode opens on a christmas scene of sorts with santa wrapping some gifts for our heroes after they've opened them it's time to act Josh, Margot, and Elliot head off to Fillory to oversee the rapture of the Philorians and destruction of the world. Meanwhile, Alice, Zelda, and Fenn prepare to bloom the world's seed, and Julia goes into labor. But of course, this is the magicians, and no action plan would be complete without... A whole slew of complications. This one definitely has more than its fair share. From Rupert's realization that Lance is, in fact, his brother Martin, who is intent on retaking the world of the living and destroying everything in his path, to the disappearance of the world seed, to Fog 40 returning and severing the psychic connection between Julia and her baby daughter in a somewhat shocking manner, quite a lot gets foobard. In the end, our heroes prevail. They destroy Fillory, save the world, create a new land, but their heroism comes at a cost. Um, There's so much to cover. And we will. And that glosses over, like, a billion things because so much happened in this. Um, But I think it's about all the summary I can get away with. So I will now turn to you. Danny. what did you think? Was it a satisfying ending to the show?
5: All right. Like, it's a fucking beautiful episode. It's gorgeous. It's full of so many ugly tears. And I don't know if I was fully satisfied. I know that it's impossible. But I just wasn't and i know that a lot of the fandom is going to feel the same way a lot of us still want the show to continue whether it's another season or a tv movie we aren't ready for it to end i'm all for an ambiguous ending lev's ending to the magician's land is ambiguous but there's only so much that i can handle (laughs) maybe a longer flash forward or a real implication that everyone is going to be reunited would have been nice i know that the hero pays the price and these heroes certainly did there is a lot of hope, especially for the group that created the new Fillery. We finally saw things come to a fruition that we've been waiting for, but I also feel cheated. This criticism comes from an incredible amount of love. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love the show and I loved the finale as like a season finale, but it's hard to take it as a series finale. One thing as a book fan, there was not nearly enough plum in this finale. I know that she was introduced in this season and isn't as important a player in the show but I feel like she at least deserved to be on Fillory 2.0 or at least in the scene where uh, Jane and Rupert are sharing tea together it's also really really hard to live in a world where Elliot and Margot are separated like that yeah a big thing for me too is Julia the Julia goddess arc is such a favorite for me and I think it will I will remain ever bitter that she is no longer a goddess and I didn't, I didn't have much of a hand in the ending of everything. Also, I can't get out of this episode without mentioning that my Todd theory was never confirmed
3: nor denied. <laughs> so in my mind, it's still valid. Everything's <laughs> about Todd for you. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And I do think it would have been really hard for anything to feel like it got 100% of the way there at this point. Um, I think, Arjun, you and I were texting sometime last week or the week before about some of this. My The, the big things that I wish that we did have more of are some of the things you mentioned. Like, I, I feel very sad that Julia's ending isn't her getting to be a goddess or getting to be more involved in some way. Um, I also would love to see Margot and Elliot reunited. It feels really sad to me that um, that they're not... At the same time, um, I think like tying up all the loose ends in everything, like the the plum stuff, for example, it, it would be a gargantuan. Task and while they didn't hit everything, and one other thing I'm going to mention is we still don't know what happened to that vial of blood Quentin gave the Candy Witch <laughs> in season one. <laughs> wow. um, exactly. Yeah, we were promised that one repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, st- yeah, well, there's still a lot that we don't know, and while I agree with you on some of those main points, I actually did find it to be pretty satisfying overall as an ending to the story. And I think a lot of that is just that there, I think the focus was in the right place on the character arcs, right? It felt to me like every character, we got to see their growth um, and we got to... And and it did feel like growth for all of them. Danny, when you and I watched the finale, I remember you saying something to me that like the scene at the very end with Alice, Fen, Margot, and Josh together in The New Land reminded you of when Elliot, Janet, Josh, and Poppy ruled together in the books. Um, and I think that sort of sums up why this felt satisfying to me because there was such a lovely circularity to everything, especially um, in Finn's speech where the land was being created. Like she's come so far over the years it's been great to see her blossom and everybody else. so I will stop talking now. Lev, what did you think? I thought it was
6: great. <laughs> I loved it um, the as you said the the you know the, both there was both the circularity of it and the open-endedness of it um, the incredible number of mm-hmm. callbacks that they worked in mm-hmm. um, that just drew not only the season but the series together um, there was a lot of a lot of bittersweetness when you are ending something. It's really it's you have to really it's tough to really balance uh, the, the audience's need for closure while also kind of recognizing and and respecting the fact that life is pain and incompleteness. Um, and uh, it's a difficult balance to strike. Personally, the balance they struck worked for me. I liked it. Um, there were a shitload of cameos by um, yeah. characters that I love. I personally am a big Hyman fan. So <laughs> yes. I'm, a, I'm a I'm a Hymaniac, <laughs> and uh, oh. uh, you know they really they gave him his due and more. And I found that satisfying. I loved the final scene. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was great. It really did it for me.
3: Yeah, I, I always sort of compare every series finale to All Good Things from Star Trek: The Next Generation. And there's a way in which this felt a lot like that for me, especially that final scene, like reminded me of uh, Picard coming down to play poker with uh, all of the other players that sort of even the people who seem like they are fully formed get to do a little growing. Um, Margot, especially, I think her storyline kind of did that for me. One of the things that I glossed over in my summary was Zelda's sacrifice staying behind to face Martin Chatwin and his army of zombies so that Fenn and Alice can escape and retrieve the world seed. And Zelda and Alice, they share a really significant moment then with Zelda helping Alice to accept her imperfections and claim her power in spite of them. And then Alice thanking her for everything. <laughs> I actually just like am welling up thinking about the hug. Um, so Olivia, can you talk to us about that scene and about Alice and Zelda's relationship?
2: Yeah, I love Alice and Zelda's relationship. I think that Zelda's been a was a really wonderful teacher for Alice over the seasons, and you know the finale. I I love how it ended because it's open ended. There is no way to end any we're growing till the day we die. And I think that that's the lesson I'm taking from all these characters is that it's, it's a continual growth. They're never going to reach some sort of happy place. You know what I mean? So with Zelda in that moment, it was such a beautiful sacrifice and McKenna did such a great job. And I think there's just so much unspoken love between them in that scene. And I love that we didn't, dive too deep in it. And it was just, it was, you know, spoken with their eyes and it was just, just known that this was, this was Zelda's purpose in the world. And um, I don't know. I just, I love that scene. I loved filming it. Um, I love working with Magena. She's always so much fun. And that was such a a fun day. And then when we got to that scene, I was like, oh no, wait, (laughs) this is so sad. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. I just think that I'm glad that there isn't any, actual resolution for any of these characters they're just going to keep going in my mind mm. the story is going to continue to go um, and they're going to they're off in some magical world just continuing to grow and save each other and love each other and, and, and save themselves and I, I don't know Zelda somewhere else that's what I always think when someone dies on the show they're not just you know transferred to another branch that.
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I, I love that scene it's a good one
5: So we also glossed over the resolution to the whole psychic baby slash not psychic mom issue, which gives Penny a sliver of his power back, but only when he's holding his daughter, who is named Hope Quentin, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Arjun. We got so much backstory for Penny this season, so much insight into why he is the way he is. What did it mean to you to finally get that for your character? And how do you feel about the way that his arc ends?
4: Wow, you just dropped a big one. You just like start right and just like dive eight (laughs) feet deep in the pool, right? Um, I think it was everything you could hope if you love a character and want to see their growth. You know, I think that, you know, what was interesting about Penny Forty is that they wrote by the time you meet him when I mean, we lose him in season three when he goes into the underworld and then we see him again essentially it's season that's episode about side characters. And then when Quentin comes, but even with side characters, we've seen the culmination of his growth into what he talks about with Quentin, right. Which is that all of that, those masks fall away. And I think that that, you know, as I've experienced in my own personal growth, I feel and I've always felt is what Lev was talking about. And what I took away from Lev's stories was, the greatest love story in life is between ourselves and ourself you know and i feel like when penny was saying that to quentin to me it was a what that means in my life which is the removal of all the masks and the acceptance you just are mm. and we saw penny's 40s and so for penny 23 i was hoping that he would have a similar it would obviously look different and I don't think that we got to the same point as we did with Penny Forty. But we got to see him moving in that direction in a great way. And I think getting some closure. And while we haven't seen any healing happening about what happened with his mother, but we see a step forward, there's at least some There's some truth and there's some clarity that he can then move through. Um, and he grows up to—he's an adult now. I mean, he's a father, which is— um, I mean, wild when you think about Penny as a father. I mean, that's a really fascinating <laughs> sort of thing. Um,
3: Thankfully, season five Penny, not season one Penny.
4: <laughs> yes, yeah, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, but I felt really grateful with the way that uh, the, the the journey that we had. And, you know, it's, it's when we were filming, we didn't know. You didn't know what it was going to be. You know, and so it was a really interesting experience. We had we had an idea, you know, because no season, no show has ever gotten more than five seasons on a, on sci-fi. And, you know, we knew it was a bit of a, a shot. But. Um, I think that bittersweetness that you guys talk about was is part of what the show life isn't have closure, you know, mm. The way that I believe external forces often influence art in its own way, you know, externally we couldn't get closure because that wouldn't be appropriate to the story of life. Um, Closure happens, unfortunately, well, depending on your belief structure, it happens at death. But otherwise, like Olivia said, you're growing until the the day you die. And so, you know, whether these people were all reunited, having a dinner together as a finale, we all know in the story of the magicians, five minutes later, the world would be ending again and they'd have to leave that dinner to go do some other shit. So <laughs> what is what is the ending? You know what I mean? It's just where do we please to say, all right, let's let them ride out and we'll maybe catch them in a different time, mm. you know.
5: Even though Quentin is gone, this finale shares a lot of the essence of the ending of The Magician's Land. And Fen's speech as they're blooming the world seed has a Quentin-y feel to it. Lev, what's your take on it? Do you feel like this ending honors what you wrote? And how does it change the way you understand your own work?
6: Man, these like. <laughs> I know, man. This is it's what I'm like saying, like, bro.
2: P- PhD Why are drink I'm drinking, and the question's not even for me. <laughs> I, need, I need
3: coffee for these. I need great mean, coffee. No, you need tequila for these.
4: Mm-hmm. I guess so. <laughs> Lev, reassess your world's work for a while. <laughs> in, in presence, everybody get comfortable. Um, look,
6: one of the things I liked about it so much was that I felt as though, sort of thematically, emotionally, it it, it came to the place that the that the book stood. It's a it's an incredibly you know it's an inc- it's a story that goes to incredibly dark places, um, and I think you know reflects a. a, a a lot of real darkness in in the worldview of the people who made it. Um, and yet it manages to find its way to a place uh, where there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of joy in that little circle of people sitting around uh, at the end of this weird new place. And that's what I wanted people to feel in the in the books. Mm. Uh, and the feeling in the show, it was so much the same. So much the same.
3: Yeah, that is how I felt, 100%. And when Danny and I were, again, Danny and I watched the finale together from our separate domiciles. Um, mm. So we were, like, texting back and forth. And one of the things that we really hit on was the scene with Margot and the sandwich as she turns back the clocks. Of course, yeah. Um, right, because even though she is, you know, inside <laughs> inside <laughs> a tiny space and not, like, flying over Fillory, it still had a lot of that same feeling of, like, Margot having this willingness to go down with the ship, but also just having this great appreciation for everything that this world gave her and made her, and all the things, all the sort of emotional and vulnerable stuff that you never really see from, sorry, Janet in the books. It's mixing in my brain right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the books, Janet is the character who I identified with most, both for her good and her often terrible qualities. Um, Margot makes her sassier and uh plays up the sort of funny parts of her characters but they're still a lot of the same qualities and her, for her journey especially um I, I just loved I loved that sort of ending not ending for her and and I summer played it so perfectly like the step so perfectly
6: lip. I felt the, the the that chapter with Janet flying around over a, over destructing Hillary it's one of the, the, the things that I felt most proud of in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt really, I just, I, I really, you never know how stuff is going to turn out. And I just really loved the way it, it, it came out. And when I saw her take a bite of that ham sandwich, mm-hmm. um, I just, it touched the same, it sounded the same note that that chapter sounded yeah. in my mind. To the point where I was like, ham sandwich, wait, is she eating a ham sandwich in the books? <laughs> same, i just like I, I recognized it so much i was like did i put a ham
3: sandwich in and i
6: forgot about it <laughs> there isn't actually a ham sandwich in the books but it felt that it had the same feeling yeah
3: yeah
6: but it got to the same place
3: yeah and i did i just loved how she played it how she played like as she was making the decision to go down into the what is that area called the clock thingy <laughs> <laughs> the um clock. the heart the clock heart clock heart there we go thank you Good. Um, with because there's like tears falling down her face, but she also, right? Like, she's not quivering, it is so the like Margot certainty, but you still see those tears. And I just thought that was that was perfect. It's everything, yeah, yeah. It was everything, is exactly what I had written there, actually. Love so (laughs) good mind reading. (laughs) And then I think also to have her be part of the effort to create a new land and like rule it with other people as Margot the creator instead of Margot the destroyer. Like, ugh, my heart.
6: <laughs> it was a nice callback.
5: Yeah. It was definitely a part of the episode that I really loved, um, because it really does lend itself to the end of the books and Margot has come so far and she's grown so much. When she talked about how she learned something from Quentin. While also saying it's the only thing she learned from him. It's such a Margot delivery about someone she really cares about. And she's just her cheeky self all the way to the end. And it was definitely amazing to see her dubbed like High King again. We also got a bit of malice at the very end of the show, which we haven't seen
3: in ages. So it was fun.
6: It's, a great, I, I like it's a great great, piece of writing, too. Hmm.
3: Then, of course, there's there's Fen. Like, we talked about her journey a lot in the last two episodes, too. But that speech, I keep coming back to it, acknowledging the good and bad of Fillory, trying to create a better world. It reminded me of what Julia says to Quentin in the books when she's showing him the plant. This is where it all began for you. You wanted the world to be better than it was. Because that's that's what it is. It's a beautiful scene. I love the way that Alice and Fen kind of drive it together those two life lessons in combination accept yourself as you are and influence the world to be better i think they work really well together
4: there's something about this episode that, that feels like true teamwork in the mm-hmm. in almost the first time you know what <laughs> i mean like even like the heist there's always this like element of someone a part of the thing that is uh, is that there's resentment around you know or yeah. some sort of friction but you know this was really um, even though we were separated, right, within those separations, um, it was people really exemplifying what it means to be partners to each other and teammates um, in this sort of way. And I'm hearing you guys, I mean, I, I really love, you know, the Fen Margot relationship throughout the season. Mm. I mean, throughout the years, but especially, like, the culmination of that in this, and in that simple... You know, back and forth, give and take between them, where they're yeah. seeing them each other as as peers and as 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 you know as, as sort of comrades and e- equals, and
1: mm-hmm. you know,
4: and Alice and Fen. You know, I mean, especially you know as as you guys have clearly been talking about like with Fen her evolution, um, but I think it's so true of, of everyone. I mean, even for you know, just bringing it back to Penny and Plum, that teacher student yeah. shifting towards just peers. You know what I mean? Again, it's this just this everything shifting towards team we're a team um that's pretty cool i didn't notice that until just now
2: (laughs) it really is one of the first episodes where everyone is working towards the same thing yeah they've all like are actually on the same page actually all on the same page for the right reasons and i think that's why it all works
1: yeah
2: really works well is a finale because it's never going to be pretty but it's everyone's coming together
4: And I I don't, again, I don't know how much of this was external surface, you know, again, I keep coming to this idea, because obviously no one anticipated, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, so y'all should edit this shit out if (laughs) if it's not allowed, but no one knew Stella was going to be pregnant before they started planning the season, you know what I mean, that was something that they then incorporated into the story, and then it became how do you use that in the finale, and I think I know, I'm just responding to and I I know, or take away from your feelings around her being a a goddess. But I think it's also really fascinating for her own personal mm-hmm. development to have to take a step back for a
1: mm-hmm. minute.
4: You know what I mean? Because that's been her greatest kind of struggle is avoidance through questing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. avoidance through yeah. her inability yeah. to save herself because she constantly is feeling like she needs to save others as a way of avoiding the own sh- her shit,
1: mm-hmm. right? And
4: here she is having to literally handle her shit Mm because she's having a baby, Um, and so I think it's an interest. It's just an interesting, like, oh, is that is that her walking towards? Is that her next step into becoming that goddess by finding that personal evolution? Um, I don't know. It's question. Mm
2: I love that origin.
5: There's also the body swap. Hyman returning to the Asheville (sighs) thing so that (laughs) Charlton can have a body and also be able to help travel everyone out of Fillory before it's torn apart, which he ends up not being able to do. Um, Arjun, Penny, and Hyman have a heart-to-heart in 5.11. That was pretty moving, where Hyman tells Penny that he doesn't feel like he fits into the future. What do you think about the way his arc ends?
4: For the show, I think it's really great. if I look at Hyman's development, I think I'm a little disappointed Mm. uh, because I think that it kind of undercut the conversation that we did have Mm -hmm. um, around, and I think that that message is really powerful around, um, because so many of us feel alone and so many of us feel disconnected and so many of us feel like, how are we going to be able to fit in um, or be like, who, like, are we going to find anybody? period friendship or not and i think that that i loved. that's why i loved that scene between hyman and penny at that time because i thought it was so um it was just so real um Mm -hmm. and so yeah i am disappointed that we didn't see that but let's look at the reality of of television like this wasn't hyman's story and so that wasn't really the point so in that context him him going back allowed us to tap back into what made him so fun was his like pervertedness in this sort the way they used it in the way that was funny right cuz his him saying being really adult and saying you guys go up the stairs ah, i it, it's a beautiful thing turning <laughs> away and then running back up i mean it's just just and <laughs> brilliant I mean, fuck that guy he really he really uh, sold the run i <laughs> sold it so <laughs> good I like
2: forgot, i forgot uh, that that was in the script and when i watched it i was like oh god he's got to run up the stairs. He's got to. And then he did. And like,
4: <laughs> yeah, so hard. And he's yeah. Dustin Ingram, everybody he's wait dead. until he has his own show and is doing his own things, man. Special <laughs> talent.
3: I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Cause I, I, uh, I loved that scene with Penny and Hyman in Five Eleven, and it was, it did make me a little sad that, um, it, you know, felt a little like he gave up on that, and I know that uh, Charlton and Elliot and Margo were exploiting that because they they needed to, right. um, and so everything you said about it sort of being in service of the story, I, I get that. Um, but yeah, I was. Well, a we also sad. needed to
4: get Charlton out, right? I mean, yeah. and story wise, how else do you do that?
3: Yeah. So last year. We asked Love and Olivia about their favorite moments from season four. And I think we've done that, Love, with you most years when it's been just the three of us. But seeing as this is the mm-hmm. series finale, we wanted to mm-hmm. ask you about the moments from the show as a whole that stick with you the most. And it doesn't have to be just one. Don't worry. Um, they on... are
4: we talking behind or like story moments? Either. Sorry, yeah. Either slash Both. Uh, well. Whoa. Fuck you, Claire. No, that's okay, ridiculous. Fine. What are you talking about? Five years with the <laughs> moment? Is, come on, dude. Like, come on, this is a seminal- yourself up to it. No, fuck you, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> Over oh, oh, up, you, Arjun. <laughs> this has been like, how do you, how do you do that? I was 27 when I started this, and I'm 33 now. I'm married now. I'm, I'm, I've. There, this show. These five years have been the backdrop of these this massive formative chapter in my life. You, if, if how to to pick moments, um, I'll try. But it's 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 that's a it's a big tat. That's a big ask. Let me. All right, let's let's do it. Fuck, New Orleans. I think New Orleans, and I mean I'm going to use that shooting the pilot for me because we were such young pups, you know, and we were so open and naive and, you know, and, and idealistic and, and, um, and, and moving on, that's where, you know, just knowing where we started from is really, you know, I kind of just, uh, fuck, it's, um, and even those first few weeks in Vancouver season one, when we got there, you know, that sim, that same, like, we're gonna fucking conquer the world Hmm. sort of we're gonna we're gonna do this thing where we have this brilliant source material that we all loved um thanks to lev grossman who i love (laughs) (laughs)
6: back at you man
4: and (laughs) who and we were just like we're gonna make this thing so beautiful and I don't know, I remember those weeks so well. Olivia, fucking we we're, were in the Denman Street in that weird restaurant we would go to and no one would be there and all six of us and Magali would be there eating and then we would shut the restaurant down and we would just be dancing. Yeah. <laughs> those first few weeks we were we were kids.
2: The the most memorable part of the show will always be season 1 as a whole for me. It's my favorite season of the show because like Watching each other discover our characters on set is always going to be my favorite thing. Like, like watching Elliot and Margot's relationship, like in front of our eyes, mm-hmm. then figure out how they wanted to interact with each other, right. what level mm-hmm. they were going to take it to, and be like, "Is this too much? Is this not?" Like, wa- watching that develop, starting a relationship, like watching all of us, we all so much find our characters and support each other will always be my favorite thing. Like getting to meet everybody and, and, and we're all such fucking peculiar people. It, <laughs> it, it will always be my favorite part of the show. Like, yeah, every season's great and every script is great and every scene is great. Like the show is so good, but for me it's meeting everybody and like the first few rehearsals we had together, like not knowing each other. Like the beginning of this beautiful relationship is always going to be my fondest
4: memory i mean there would be days in the first season and 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 just the nature of when you're in something for five years but that first season you know i remember al uh olivia and jason at uh that bar in gas town you guys would sit there and have vodka.
2: i can't drink anymore because of season one
4: (laughs) no not the flying pig that other one that was outside that other one that that Ah, uh, fuck! What was it called?
2: Well,
4: there's a lot of bars, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But you guys would like be going to rehearsals, and I remember like I used to put my chair away from everyone because I like didn't know how to be Penny and then be Arjun.
1: Yeah.
4: And let that seamless transition, which by season five, like I was able to do, um, and that also made it more fun. I mean, card games, like Trevor, fucking little games master weirdo he is that like always <laughs> had some game for us to play. Um, the crew, like singing happy birthday to the crew, Halloweens with the crew. Um the the crew up in Vancouver, like going out on Fridays where we would all meet up at the Charlatans bar in Vancouver and we would like just like
2: this crew is just amazing. I'm gonna miss them so much. The amount of times they were there for us, like we're all like we they are just as important to the show as the the actors and the the writers and directors. Like I can't tell you how many times like they were there for me in moments when I needed them behind the scenes, unspoken. Like, I couldn't have done it without this crew.
4: I, I remember season one, like, there was a scene where Penny, uh, and it didn't and it, it didn't get into the, the episode, like, he overdoses, essentially, right? Um, mm-hmm. He, like, keeps hearing the Beast, and he can't get it out of his head, and he's, like, drinking, and and we filmed that with a director, like, um, all in, in one scene, that progression, and you know i remember mark evans and the camera crew and and you know lionel and reiner rest in peace these guys that were just giving me the permission that i couldn't give myself to share that vulnerability you know and like because i was so nervous as a young pup mm-hmm. like so season one like can i show this these are people i don't know and like that vulnerability in a professional space and In order to do that, I needed to do this, what I considered and like was internally shaming this weird acting exercise to like get myself into that place and no one batted an eye, everyone was supportive. Um, Like I can't underline, and Olivia just did such a beautiful job in doing that, that like we had in Vancouver, this incredible working environment with a crew. One that I hope to find, one that unfortunately doesn't seem to exist as much in the world, and one that I hope everyone can experience at some point.
2: It's really beautiful. It really—not uh, fa- to keep talking about it, but really, it is the most important part of the show. To I know Arjun and I like it. Really was like it's like a relationship in the beginning, eating, It's all it's all exciting. And then you go through phases where you know everything, you know what the other person's going to say. And then by the end, you become this beautiful family that has each other no matter what and is accepting what the other people need. And that's, for me, the biggest takeaway from this. And I hope that we get to experience that again, because that's the scariest part about the show being over. Like, I don't know.
4: See, Clara, that's why that was that question that's just opened much. up. Like, where did we go? We went everywhere and nowhere.
3: Everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> you think that's a hard question. Just you wait. Um, <laughs> Lev, Godfather. He,
4: we, we got him. Don't worry. Um, no, I'm going to tell Lev's favorite. I know it was. He just <laughs> loved every time he came to set and we had those. The, and the, we rolled out the red carpet for the man because the Godfather showed up and he had his chair back. And he'd be killing me king of the world. Jeez.
3: <laughs> ah, I'm that so heartbroken like we never kind of got to make it up set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so heartbroken we never got to make it up to set. We tried. Me too. Every year. Every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I guess I'll go next. Uh, Obviously, I don't have all your behind-the-scenes moments, um, and (laughs) it is hard to look back at the the show as a whole and think of just a few. My earliest favorite memory is the scene with Quentin and Julia under the table at the end of season Mm -hmm. one, looking at the map Mm -hmm. of Fillory together, because it was just... It was such a lovely testament to their friendship. Um, Yeah, it was definitely my favorite moment in that whole season. And then when we saw... um, Elliot and Margot in the time loop episode this season. They had that, like, same... The same crossed posture where mm-hmm. they had their heads opposite directions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort of called me back to that. Favorite episodes? Um, I don't think I'm going to be alone in saying A Life in the Day from season three. Um, maybe a less popular opinion, but 100% mine. Secret C from season four. Um, a Life in What's the Day. What that one? That's Which one the- is-
2: that's the, the one with the titles? The, plant. I don't know the titles of the episodes, to be uh, honest, four
4: twelve. Yo, I just knew that. I just found out that episode five twelve was called "The Balls." I just found <laughs> that <laughs> out when I watched it. It was so funny. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> like, oh, it's called "The Balls." <laughs> <laughs> uh. um,
3: the The Secret Sea is the second to last episode in season four. It's the one um, where Quentin yells at the plant. Um, oh, gotcha! Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Um, a life in the day. W- like I feel like that's sort of obvious. No, but just, that one's the one with the montage.
4: Yeah, that yeah. One, yeah. And Come it's on.
3: it's a it's a gorgeous episode, both in terms of like visually. I mean, it's just stunning. It's beautiful. They did an amazing job with the set and the lighting and the whole shebang. Um,
4: I, if I can interrupt, if I may, that I will say I think to this to to the end. That, and I know it's unpopular, I thought the way that the finale of season four was done, like, technically and the craft of it, I thought was really beautiful. But Life in the Day, that montage was, I it's think, gorgeous. five to seven, however many minutes, of the best that we ever created. And the, and it really, they leaned into the thing that there, you know, is the hardest for any writing team and is the the, the vulnerability in the space and yeah. the breath. yeah, And they did that, and it just... It was true magic. I remember watching it and I was just like, that was one of the few moments that I was just purely a fan separate from everything, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I just, you brought it up. No, I I mean, and
3: that's, that's pretty much the stuff that I was going to say, right? I I love how vulnerable it is. And I just love the message too, that basically the secret to all, all beauty is a life filled with love. I mean, (laughs) is there anything more true than that? The for 412, right, like the big thing for me is just that that was such, the drowned garden scene in the books is so important to me personally. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, for for everything that it is, like I feel like that is Quentin embracing all the things that he was sort of embarrassed about in himself um, for so long. And even though it wasn't the same on screen, I still, it it had, there was a vibe there that was similar. And honestly, just seeing it, just being able to see that visualized, um, meant a lot to me. Um, But I think this finale is going to be one of my favorites too. And especially the the scenes we talked about with Zelda and Alice saying goodbye to each other and Fen talking about Fillory and, you know, Margot (laughs) getting ready to make a sacrifice. Um, but I guess my behind the scenes, my version of the behind the scenes is our podcast and mm-hmm. my favorite moments from the podcast. I mean, it's like you, it's, it's, there's too many to name. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll talk about this more later, but like Danny and I barely knew each other when we started <laughs> and you can kind of really? hear it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we had met twice, once or twice. And oh, yeah.
4: I remember your, the first podcast that I did with y'all, and you somehow you were out on a bench or some shit, and Daniel like couldn't read her notes, <laughs> yeah. of her notebook, and it was like <laughs> it was really clear to me. I was like, "Oh, these motherfuckers have no idea what they're doing." But None
3: it's like great. whatsoever. It was great.
4: I loved it. It
3: was <laughs> very scrappy. <laughs> we would get we got reviews like through season three where people would be like. How is this a podcast? <laughs> These people oh, don't know no. what they're doing, but um yeah, I think,
2: it's been wonderful.
3: <laughs> I think we grew up together, right, like, and we developed our friendship through this, and so my favorite moments are the ones where we really became vulnerable with each other, and for me, the pinnacle of that is all through season four, um in part because that's when I started letting go of control a little bit more <laughs> and, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Not trying to make it one specific thing, but just letting it be what it was going to be. Um, and four twelve and four thirteen, those episodes for us <laughs> in particular.
1: What was that? Love's cat.
3: <laughs> that
2: was love's Hello. cat. cat? <laughs> was screaming right at his microphone. What oh, <laughs> well, you guys can't hear is that my dog's been farting. <laughs> <laughs> so bad
4: I'm <laughs> so oh, sorry don't <laughs> so sorry. sorry to us we can't smell through I
2: know show. I just You're don't want to be alone in this <laughs> 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 oh man did oh, you I- ask us what our favorite episodes are or were we just talking about it oh I
3: asked what your favorite moments from the show were oh
2: okay yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: Um, Okay. alright love. I think that just leaves you and me do you want to go first
6: Mm, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. I, 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 I
2: didn't answer either, so it's fine.
6: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: I think only Arjun has answered.
6: My Did favorite part. Yeah, I've got a cat. It's
4: really disappointing to me. Actually, I don't know. Why. <laughs> like,
5: I can tell. Love's a cat person.
6: Um, yeah, the cat's a recent, a recent acquisition. I'm not a cat person. I just happen to be a
2: person who has a cat. <laughs> i'm not a cat person i just play somebody on tv who is so it's
5: fine. Mm-hmm. i'm a cat person i'm the only one here
4: no i did that that was bad of me Left dive episodes danny episodes. oh yeah the whole, question is
2: the, whole the, the whole show yeah okay
4: yeah obviously it was a big deal
6: when i came out to visit the set um of the pilot it had already been a long road for me. Um, you know, I had to take, it took me five years to write The uh, uh, the Magicians, um, and then it came out. It was five more years before it got uh, picked up and turned into a show. Um, it was 10 years, um, and I sort of finally got there, and it was incredibly overwhelming and joyful. Olivia wasn't there yet, so you can't about this. Um, it was <laughs> overwhelming. It was, I'm, I'm super introverted guy and it was incredibly awkward and uncomfortable i didn't know how to be but at the same time i was so happy and overjoyed and i didn't know what to do with those feelings it was just it was absolutely great um the moment when um quentin first walks into Breakbills bills was a beautifully mm. shot um and yeah. constructed scene, and i think mm-hmm. quite technically complex and they pulled it off in this wonderful way first time going to set in vancouver and seeing the built sets was just i was just having an out-of-body experience walking around um it was just it was like opium in the air it was just marvelous Mm -hmm. and so special and i was taking pictures of everything and sending them back to my family and they're like it's a rug no it's not a rug it's not just a rug it's a rug on the set of my show (laughs) it's not really my show um but you know there were. and then in the actual show itself i mean there was just definitely that moment in the pilot and um yeah when quentin and 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 julia go to, to Fillory at the end of season one um, was really special. I think the turning into geese scene I thought was very mm. special. Oh, um, yeah. The yeah. way they did the beast was 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 very good and very powerful. And I sort of wished that moths. In some ways, it was better than what I wrote, and it was sort of irritating. But at the same time, <laughs> I did it, and I you know uh, uh, I moved on. I uh, I think it was the, the I thought the, I found the bank heist in season two was very fun. <laughs> um, I, there you know there were just a lot of really moving moving moments. Be the yeah that was good too that was okay yeah that was Uh, um quentin and penny saying goodbye uh, at the end of season four it was hugely hugely powerful and you know really beautifully written and performed it was that was very good there were so many good things there was a big party at comic-con one year they had they blew like way too much money on like a magician themed party at a hotel uh I think I was literally the last person to leave that party. <laughs> Everybody had gone home. Everybody connected. The show had gone home. I was still there. Even though i just flown in from London and had been up 36 hours straight. Um, I did not want to go to bed. Hmm. Uh, you know, it was very... The, the writing is just, you know... I don't want to wobby the person who whines about it, but it's a very, very solitary thing. Nobody's there. Sort of jeering as you write the last line or whatever. Um, so to go to Comic-Con and meet some of the fans... Um, uh, was, it's just like a super special thing. I can remember seeing the first time I saw somebody wearing a, a break bills uniform. It was like, I actually still stay in touch with that person. Cause they were, <laughs> it was such like an amazing, amazing, amazing moment. Yeah. There were a lot of good moments.
4: Yeah. Comic-Con was oh always God. so special. Actually those moments where we interacted with the fans and one, one thing I think of the legacy of the show is just how many the stories that I hear from people about the way that the show impacts them in ways that I could have never imagined having been a part of it. And even by season five, I still was surprised by the ways, the depth and the moments that do it for people. Um, and it's every single moment seems to have a different meaning to somebody. Yeah. Um, and and the yeah. way that y'all have shared with us throughout the years um, whether it's through this form, whether it's through Twitter or whether it was the people that very vulnerably stood up at Comic-Cons and shared their stories, whether it was of assault Mm -hmm. or abuse or depression or um, feeling lost and not belonging, um, was always, and I know we all feel this, every single person top to bottom, um, was so inspiring, was such a big gift because it was like, it made us want to go back and keep making the best show that we could. Um those were those are up there as like not only my favorite, but some of the most important moments I've experienced as an artist.
2: Yeah, the fans have gotten me through so much in the last five years. They've lifted me up, they've made me feel better. I mean, we all have had dark moments and moments where you feel small or don't know what you're doing. And the fans have been missing, but great. Just remind me that we're all humans. And even when they're telling me I'm healthy. Them, I don't think they realize how much they've helped me over the last five years. Knowing you're not alone, you know.
5: Yeah, yeah. that's definitely a big one for us. It's so. a
4: special fandom. It's really um, like, in especially like, I don't really fuck with Twitter that much, to be honest. I, I log on once a week from January through April, and then I'm out. Yeah. And I, so I don't, really but I what I hear about Twitter and what I read about Twitter. Which sounds so lame to say. when you read about Twitter? But what (laughs) I do, what I read about Twitter is that it's really toxic, and it's (laughs) like it's really um, and brings out these really this really awful side in people. And yet, all I've experienced for the most part, and I know that people experience shit towards the end of season four. And uh, 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 but what I just from my personal experience with Twitter, I've been pretty amazed and and um inspired and and think it's amazing like how much everybody lifts each other up and how much people check in with each other and i see people like tweeting that i'm a part of on a thread that they're like going out and meeting each other and like taking care of each other and and really being out there for people it's um you know i remember once i was part like early on in season one i got there was this one girl who was tweeting out very um no scary shit like that she might hurt herself and one of the women that uh her name is sarah myers well i'll call her out she was amazing like and i was tweeting because i'm not qualified for that stuff but sarah myers is qualified and like works in that world like knew how to get in touch with the georgia police department and help her get the help that she needed and i was amazed that it was these people that were fans of the show that were just like yo we're gonna help each other out um that's so beautiful to me hey all
2: and i went to atlanta to a comic-con I think last year and I finally got to meet a bunch of the fans who had the ducklings who had had (laughs) formed, you know, this group together. And there was a lot of them there, Sam, like a lot of them. And and they were so wonderful to meet them in person and to hug them and to get gifts from them. I have a whole drawer in my office that has all the gifts from the fans and I will never get rid of them because they're all so personal and so special. And and I, I, I don't know. I just, I wish I, I, I don't know how to tell the fans how much we love them, and everybody on the cast feels that way. It is fandom that uh, I don't think every show has.
5: It feels really weird to jump back in uh, and talk about uh, moments from the show, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so,
6: <Danny. laughs> no, we got to do it.
5: <laughs> it. My favorite moments. Um, let's see. Well, the Quentin Julia moment that Clara mentioned in season one is also a favorite of mine. And then at the end of that episode, when they walk into Fillory together, which you mentioned, Lev, uh, the first time I watched it, it definitely brought tears to my eyes. I was just so excited and happy for them. I was always incredibly grateful to the show that they never tried to pair them up into a Mm -hmm. relationship. (laughs) I will always... Absolutely love the montage with uh, Josh being the literal high king (laughs) and getting the Florian's high all to a rap song. That was, I don't think you could top that moment for me. It was so (laughs) funny. Um, I loved Be the Penny, like, a lot when we meet Hyman for the first time. Um, The third season musical episode, all that Josh. I really love that episode. I think it's Uh, a very underrated episode. Um,
3: That's the Josh and Venice scene yeah. In, from the books, right? Like, that's the equivalent. That's what we got. A lot of yeah. heart.
5: It's like, when they finally accept Josh into the group, it was just like, it was so long overdue at that point. Um, so I just, I really liked that episode. And then,
1: mm-hmm.
5: there's so many good episodes and moments, but like, all the moments in the show that were super close in line with the books usually t- been, have been ones that I've enjoyed a lot. And, of course, A Life in the Day, obviously, But yeah, this season, though, has just been so phenomenal, like, as a whole, that I feel like it's been my favorite, Um, which I wasn't sure if I could ever, like, if anything could ever top season three, because it was so good. Um, But I think season four, it's just like everyone was so seamless the entire season. Like, everyone was at, like, the top of their game, writing, directing, acting. Yeah, those are my favorite moments. There's some pretty good choices. (laughs)
3: Um, <laughs> Olivia, you, I feel like you sort of answered with other people, but was there anything that you were there any specific things you wanted to call out on your own? I didn't want to like leave you oh, not having your okay. chance.
2: That's such a fucking impossible thing to answer. Obviously, oh, stuff. Man. What? Yeah, Nip. Anything Nip in season two was mm. my favorite. Mm. Oh, my love, playing love that Alice. It was my favorite in the books. It's. It was the most fun for me to play. Um... I felt like, it, I mean, did Alice such a probably, good
4: job with that stuff.
2: Yeah. So, like, well, Alice is so restrained and so internal, which is something I've never played before. So, getting to be Nick and Alice was a little bit more freeing and fun, and was really, it was fun to torture Jason. It's <laughs> one of my favorite moments was just driving him uh, crazy before every take. So that was fun. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I'll always love Alice and Quentin's relationship and any scene they had together was always the most grounded to me and the most based in reality and something I could actually really sink my teeth into. And, um, I loved in this season in season five, the callbacks to that and the scenes with Hale um, are going to be my favorite, some of my favorite scenes I filmed of the show or on the mountaintop, And, um, it's a relationship that Alice and Elliot have built this season is, um, my second favorite thing on the show that I've gotten to do too is um, second to the Quentin and Alice relationship. So, yeah, I don't know. It's imp- I don't I can't. It'll probably take me like another six months to figure out what my favorite moments are from the show. I'm
6: already thinking of more. You know, you yeah, it,
2: yeah. It, yeah. So five years is a really long time. I could have literally
5: gone on for, <laughs> for
2: paragraphs. So, I okay. heard about half the shit until you guys say it, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that was really fucking funny." Oh yeah,
4: that. Was- oh, I mean, that was- we got to do sixty-five <laughs> episodes of television, which is incredible—more so love- than some people do in their whole career. I mean, we are so, so the one like the point zero one percent, like, mm-hmm. and we are. I, you know, I I'm so grateful to this show for what it's afforded me as a as a human, as an artist, as like. Um, just like there's immense amount of gratitude for getting to be a part of this, you know, and, and it, it really is. It's, uh, it won't, I don't think it'll hit me. I, I think I'm with Olivia. It's not really going to hit me for a while. And no. I don't, you know, it's, a, it's, it's hard to like really understand. Cause like, this is a really big deal for people. And sometimes it's really hard to understand that you're a part of that, you know? Yeah. Um,
3: well, that seems like a, a good transition to our next even harder question. <laughs> Um, so, uh, since we found out that season five was going to be the last season, um, in the podcast we've had since then, we have been asking people to talk about what the show has meant to them. Um, and we're going to do that with you now. Um, but we're going to ask you to start before we sort of give ours. Cause like I said, we've, we've talked to a bunch of people about this and <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Lev, do you want to start? What the show's meant to me? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. You get the books, too, because you wrote them. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'll say something really crass. I'll say it. I'll just leave something really crass. Um, this, here's one thing the show meant to me. I got to quit my job. <laughs> I, I had a day job uh, uh, until about three years ago, even though the books were bestsellers. Having, you know, having a family in New York is very expensive. Uh, I, I still had a full-time job. And when the show happened, uh, and when it happened and kept happening, uh, I got to do the thing that I had dreamed my whole my whole life of doing, and never thought I would, which is just was quit my job and and write fiction all the time. And it's just it's been the greatest thing. It was the dream of my whole life, and I finally got it. Um, <laughs> and that happened because the show happened, and that was good. And then I don't know. It's a funny thing. I mean, you never want to be one of those writers who feels as though, you know, they're not you're you not you don't feel successful or whatever until you've had the validation of Hollywood, you know, doing an adaptation of you. Um it's not it's not about that for me, but um it's hard for writers, I think, sometimes to feel um feel that people care about their books. Um, I didn't think I would whine so much on this episode. It was hard for people, cause just because it's a very solitary thing and you write the book and then you're done with the book. It doesn't come out for another year and then people read it, you know, and you're not really paying attention to Twitter at that point because you're working on the next thing. Um, having the book be a show, having it reach so many people it wouldn't have, have reached otherwise, um, having so many people just be involved in it. Um, uh, I, felt, I felt like a writer. I felt like my, I wrote books and, and the books mattered. That was a good feeling
4: books really do matter man your books are really really beautiful pieces of literature
2: look what i found i don't, I don't think the, well the fans can't anyone listening can't see this but i found yesterday my copy of the of the magicians the first one that i got before i booked it like i got i had my audition and then i went out and bought this book fell in love with it and then it's now like a million pieces. Like <laughs> it's it marked up and it has like Jason's writing in it, and my writing from season one, and it's just I've carried it every season and then I lost it like last year or somewhere, but I found it and it love, it is still like my favorite, one of the favorite things. I love things it. Is this I, love it. Of I love to
6: see a well-read copy.
2: I wanted to, find it, to sign it, but that I don't see how that will happen.
3: Love, <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, have. I have a secretary desk. If people don't know what that is, it's kind of like a weird small desk and it has a bookshelf on top and, um, only my very favorite books in the world get to go in there. Um, and all three of your books are there next to all seven Harry Potter books, uh, (laughs) and, um, contact and, uh, the Phantom Tollbooth and the little Mm. prince and, uh, the the recent Charlie Jane book, City um, in the Middle of the Night. And those mm-hmm. are the books that live in that shelf. That's such a good thing to hear. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. You're Thank welcome. you for saying that.
5: If I had a desk like that,
3: the magician's books would definitely be there.
5: <laughs> but I don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Olivia and Arjun, what about you? What has the show meant to you? Go ahead, Olivia. Oh,
2: a lot of things. I mean, to touch... Them, also, be you not know, just to touch on what Lev said. I mean, like you know, when I took this job, I was working at a weed dispensary store, living off food stamps. So, on a monetary level, this show gave me, um, you know, a means to to. I, I was able to start my life, and and um, you know, it's given me a lot. I don't have to sell weed anymore, so that's great. But um, <laughs> I, uh, on top of that, I I, I met. Some of my favorite people that I will ever meet, and um some of my best friends on the show, I met my partner i i the show means so much I really this is such an again an unfair question, and I knew you two were gonna have a bunch of these questions on this, and I still didn't have the answers prepared. this show what this show gave me was to not feel alone i mean i'm a I'm a very introverted person, and um you know, I can struggle socially a, a lot socially and and this show gave me a place to express my art and know that people are watching it and people care about it. And I'm, and, and that's huge for me. Like I I don't dive into Twitter more than like twice a year, but just on Instagram and stuff, just having to know that I'm not alone is what the show has given me. And I mean that as far as the producers see me, the writers see me, my castmates see me and and I have learned how to be uh, a better human and a better actor and a better friend on this show. And I, the lessons I've learned on this show are so great. Um, it's really wonderful that it airs and, you know, millions of people watch it and people love it and it gets good reviews. But mostly that I I made all these friendships and I, I learned how I learned more about being a human on this show. Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm
3: crying. So <laughs> good job. <laughs> um, Arjun, your turn
4: what has the show meant to me um or for me um growth um i think in every you know whether it's just being a backdrop to a time of great growth whether it's been directly putting me in environments that have forced me to grow whether it's giving me an opportunity to practice my craft day in and day out so that i learn something on a tuesday and put it in practice on a wednesday and and hone my craft, which is the thing that I'm most passionate about, having the opportunity to do that, not on a procedural, but on something where actually there is something to and weird circumstances. And, you know, you're blowing up a tree with a, with your hands and yeah. you're like, like all of a sudden there's two versions of Penny that are not really, but they're the same guy, but they're too different. And how are you going to do that? And we don't really know. So good luck. And, um, (laughs) these kind of scenarios and, and, you know, and look, we paint a really rosy picture and a lot of it was, but there were challenges on the show and there were aspects of it that were really difficult for me and elements and moments that were really, you know, I've cried a lot working on this show for a variety of reasons um, that are part of environments and things that I've learned so much from, you know, yeah, not, to, not to be too cheesy, but I feel like I'm an adult now, you know, and I feel like that happened not necessarily because of the show, but the show was a part of a time where that happened, you know, um, and yeah where I can feel like I, I never confidently could say I was an artist. And again, I'm not saying that the show is what allows me to feel that, but it happened as a backdrop and a part of why I can do that. Now. Um, I also, you know, I met my partner doing a film in India, but I wouldn't have been able to do that film in India. If I didn't have this money coming in that I could go and just make no money working in India in a non-union gig and then spend six months where I'm just in India with the woman that I like fell in love with. Cause I, could afford to so there's those also crass sort of like just truly logistical things um you know when you're a part of a show for five years and it's a thing that dominates your life it's hard not to say that the show has given you those five years Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: you know what i mean it's hard not to say that you know yeah but in a in but it kind of it kind of has like i wouldn't have met y'all <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I I you know, I, I there's people that are, are family to me now yeah. that I wouldn't have met. You know, how what would my life be without Magali Guidashi in my life just like making me laugh so much that I'm spitting? You know, what would that <laughs> what would like what is that life? I don't want that life, you know? <laughs> like
3: I guess I will be the one to go now. And I, I wrote out a whole big thing, but I might riff a little. Um <laughs> God, I mean, Danny, I've been talking about this for ages because it's really fucking hard to talk about, as all of you have also said. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that the show has meant to me has been in my friendship with Danny. Oh, God, I'm crying mm-hmm. already. That's not a good sign. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I, I said this earlier, and, you know, you were like, really? But it, it really is true. I mean, we were almost complete strangers when we started the podcast. Um, We met on Tumblr in what, 2014, 2013, 2014. There were like five people talking about the magicians on Tumblr. Um, And six, six, and all of them I have in my phone now. (laughs) Um, And uh, I like, in the last four years that we've been doing the podcast, especially she has become my absolute best friend. I mean, there's so, there's people who I am close to, but Danny, more than anyone except for maybe my husband and my dad, um, she knows me. She accepts me. Um, I love her to the moon and back and then maybe around another few moons just to be on the safe <laughs> side. Um, and the truth is that I can be a really judgmental person and I don't know if without the show if I'd like met her on the street that I would have been smart enough to take the time to get to know her. And so for me, it's not just, I mean, you guys are talking about how, you know, it's hard to separate whether the show gave it to you or whether it was happening in the backdrop, but I pretty much know that without the show, I would not have my best friend in the whole wide world. And (laughs) I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that through coming to know Danny, coming to know you, um, that she taught me how to love and connect on a whole new level that I don't think I had in me before that. I cannot imagine my life without her. I don't ever want to experience that. Um, And I'm not going to let it happen. (laughs) So so that's the big part. She's not the only person, the only friend that I've made through the show, even if she is the most important one. Um anyone with more than a toe in fandom knows that it, it can bring people really close. Um but as much as I've sort of like been on the periphery of other fandoms, I didn't really engage with any Until the Magicians. And it's weird because I went from like reading things passively about like Harry Potter fandom and Star Trek fandom and Hunger Games fandom uh to in a lot of ways, being at the very center of a fandom, um, for the magicians and is a big transition, but I also met all these incredible people who I'm really, truly close to and who I've come to know in deeper ways and who nine times out of 10, when we talk to each other now, it's not about the show. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's you guys, <laughs> um, Arjun, Lev, Olivia, all the other people that we've met through doing this podcast um, who have something who have something to do with the show and have been part of it. Um, and I think, you know, so I, I can't actually remember now which one of you sort of said this, but I think when you get to know someone through their work or when you get to know someone through your work, when you sort of see fans or see people who make something that you're in love with, it's hard to feel like you belong and to feel like uh, it's real. It's hard not to see barriers everywhere or think of yourself as, you know, unworthy of kindness. Um, Or at least it is for me anyway. Uh, I get, especially early on, I would get so worried about um, seeming entitled, (laughs) asking to have people on, or crossing a line by talking about something that wasn't related to the show. Um, but, right, like, you you, you have that thing, and my instinct, I think, has been to retreat, to avoid that for most of my life. But everyone that we've talked to, um, very much including the three of you, I mean, we, we picked the three of you for the finale for a reason, and it wasn't just your roles on the show. Um, you've been really kind and generous with us, um, and you've treated us like humans, and it has made me feel like it's okay and not presumptuous to call you friends. And uh, that makes a big difference, too. Uh, I feel like the people who I've met through the show are just the most amazing people. The best weirdos <laughs> in the whole wide world. Um, and kind of like you guys, I've also... I've, like This has been the last five years, feel like they've been the period of the biggest growth in my life. And I mean, I hope... So sometimes I think that's you know I think part of that is is just that every five years up to the present is hopefully always going to be the biggest period of growth. Um, but God, I mean, I I, I I feel like I almost can't quantify it. Um, I really vibed with Alice's journey in this season, especially because it's it's mirrored how I have grown in those in those five years. She is so constantly afraid of getting it wrong, of hurting people, of driving people away, that it, it can be a really self-fulfilling prophecy and prevent her from getting close. She's her biggest critic, her biggest limiting factor, and for most of my life, that's, that's been me. I, I'm very outgoing, but I've put up walls and I've shied away from the, the sort of meaningful connections that I want so badly because I just didn't feel like I deserved them. And I think I had this idea in my head, too, that being strong meant never showing your emotions or your imperfections, never being vulnerable. But through the show, through the podcast, through the friendships I have, through conversations with you, I'm especially thinking of the conversation I think we had for, was it for the Be the Penny episode with you, Arjun? I (laughs) don't know. Like, I've come to realize that the strength really comes from accepting and embracing all of that and that has committed me to trying when I'm sure I'm gonna fuck up when I think there's no hope to in the words of another show I love have hope anyway um, and it, it, yeah it's just taught me to face the hardest things in life face on to do the work and as Elliot would say I hope that you all know that when I'm braver it's because of you. <laughs> So I'll stop there because I'm gonna <laughs> sob for the rest of the show if I don't. And also, I have talked a lot, and I need to give Danny space to do the same. But that's me.
4: Oh, thank you, Claire. Fuck.
3: Thanks,
4: Claire. i was grateful for you. You guys. It's, it's really. And you are friends, you know. Please don't ever feel presumptuous to use that term.
2: Yeah, we love you guys. Aww. We love you too. All right.
5: Hold on.
3: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, made you cry right before I made you talk.
4: Yeah. Oh, please keep that no blows. No in yeah. no there. <laughs> no It's blow. not coronavirus.
3: It's just emotions.
5: <laughs> so I've been trying to write something and come up with the words to say about what the magicians has meant. To me, for like a month now, um, since it was announced, uh, the official cancellation was announced. Um, I really haven't been able to because there's just not enough words. Um, I've said it before, like <laughs> I really don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for the series and the community. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, okay, I don't think I'd be here without the community and the series that the series has brought me. And like, I was just truly at the end of my rope um, before the show came out. I-, I was just so lost and incredibly like suicidal for months. Um, I'd even like, you know, like attempted it, like I, I said last year. Um, I mean, it wasn't last year, but last year I said this. Um, and it was, like, around my 25th birthday that this, this show came out. It was just a couple of days after. And I just, like, I held, I held on, and the show came out. And with it, just, like, so many friendships and connections and just, just pure love. Like, Clara, I found a friendship that has changed me a lot. And she's, like, this incredibly resilient and intelligent person who, even though she has some of the same mental illnesses that I have... Uh, she's gone so far in her life and to see someone that is so successful like me uh gave me a lot of hope and she also just takes care of me as a person and and I know I can tell her anything and I know she'll either tell me what I need to hear or or something that I want to hear depending on the situation because she knows me and her friendship has meant the world to me um She's like she said, this like not the only friendship that I've gained through the show and the podcast. I have so many people in the fandom that I like talk to like once a week and we're all on this in the same boat. You know, like we want to save the show that saved us. And a lot of people wrote some incredibly open pieces and threads about how the show has saved them. And it's just so endearing to read. And it's really just hard for us to let it go because like, you know, like to us personally it it saved us. So it's like also trying just to think of a world, what the world would be like without it. It's just, it's really hard. <laughs> it's without being able to look forward to it, especially in such a trying time right now, it, it just sucks. And it, I think it makes it even harder because like we can't even get a handle on life, let alone being able to grasp that a show this powerful and meaningful to us is never going to come back. I've gotten to know like so many people on a deep level through the show. And it's just insane. Like I've become close to the actors and the writers on the show. And I've found like, just like a different passion and storytelling on like a different level. And like, I've always wanted to write. Um, but I feel like after having connected with people who like do that and, or like are in the show, like it just makes me feel like like I really want to pursue that. And like, honestly, like, I've had conversations with the writers and they're just like, I think you should, you know, like you should do this. And like, I think you would be really good at it just from like my, like takes on the show. And like, I don't know, it's just really like heartwarming that they would care to even say that. And, um, being able to have this podcast and have it be successful as it just really made me feel like this sense of self-worth that I've, that I've never felt before. And I, like, I don't want to lose it. And I think that's the saddest and scariest thing. It's just feeling like, is it all going to go away? Am I going to matter anymore? And will I be able to dig myself out of a hole after losing something so precious to me? I just don't know how to live in the world without without it. And it scares me. On top of everything else in the world, scaring me, I just think, you know, like, there's never going to be anything like this again. And I know that that's true. And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, we are just like sitting here virtually chatting with some of our favorite people in the world. And it's just like the first people that ever gave us the time of day for our podcast and our fandom shenanigans. And we love and care about them so much. And we definitely feel that way about so many of the people involved. And we would like go to war for them. And we want to save the show, not just for us, but for them, because we know it also means the world to them. And... This is all like a jumbled mess at this point. Um, So there isn't really, it's just like a way to say how much the series means to me. The Magicians will always be something that mattered more than anything else. And I hope it continues to live on. Like I know that the magic from it will, no matter what. It'll be something that I can revisit when I want and share with people for years to come. And I don't know how to live in a world without it, but I know that I have to try for all the people who have made me feel seen and loved and appreciated. And everyone involved and all of the friends I've made on this journey, I love you. To the broken moon and back. And just thank you for all the years and all the tears. <laughs> You'll never be able to know just how grateful I am. So, thank you.
2: Damn, that
1: was
4: beautiful. Oh, wow. <sighs>
5: anyway, social
4: awesome. distancing sucks right now, I need yeah. to I, I, like. I like you. <laughs> I need to be go. I need to be giving us hugs. We're always Danny. Be here. Can I just Yeah. Can I can I just say one thing to you, Danny? You you matter. Period. Whether the show exists or not, you you matter, and you will matter because you do matter. And I'm so honored to be a part of something that that you say saved you. I mean, it's 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 very humbling, and so I I just I just need to say that to you, Danny. You are a beautiful, bright light and you matter and the lessons of the show whatever you has happened has has changed you now you are not the person from before the show i think that's always scared me when i've felt this way and felt like oh god am i going to be able to do it and um, there is it's a i mean it's a human thing of course we think we we forget that we've grown
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Dan, you've grown. and you, I mean, look, I've, I've known you for a long time now, like, in a, in a way. And I just, I'm just giving you a hug. That's all I can say.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
4: And anyone out there that, who might be listening who feels similarly to Danny, like, we're here. Whatever the show did still is here. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That's not going to go away. Just because the show stops coming out Monday through, well, on Wednesday every day, Wednesday, sorry, uh, every January through April. You know, the lessons of the book, like, look, look, Lev, I'm, and I know I, 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 I couch it in, in somewhat jokiness around how much I love you, but I do. Genuinely and, and the lessons of your book, I mean, I, I I really do think they're so poignant and why they transcend the genre for me and go into literature, um, is because the lesson of it is to me what I think is the most important lesson that we can learn, which is how do we love ourselves, how do we accept ourselves, which is what Quentin has to do in order to find his own purpose. That's what I took away, one of my biggest takeaways from the book, yeah. and Lev, that and, and Danny. The book's ended. I've closed those books. I haven't read those in years, but that lesson hasn't gone anywhere, you know?
1: Yeah,
4: It's a testament to something, and it's humbling. It's hard for me to feel like we're there, that something could have that resonance because of my own shit. But the way you're describing it, like, that shit's going to be there. Yeah.
3: Danny, I mean, I know we've talked about this, but um, the show brought us together, but you're the person who changed me, you are the, like, it's you, it's not in the books, right, like, our friendship comes from the or the show, our friendship comes from the fact that I fucking love you, <laughs> 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 and <laughs> I, that's, it's not gonna change other than to get stronger, so I know, I know it doesn't, I know when you feel like shit, and you're down on yourself, that it, it doesn't Matter what other people say to a certain extent, but I hope you know that, right? Okay, so I have no idea why I put this after all of the really emotional stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we do have one more thing in the episode to discuss before we can move on. (laughs) Last year, Danny concluded our episode discussion with her hope that Elliot would get a boyfriend, a real boyfriend. Um, someone who deserved him. And now he has that in Charlton. A man who knows him well, is emotionally available, and plans to stick around. So, Danny, how do you how do you feel about Chariot? That's the ship name, by the way. Chariot.
6: Nicely done. Chariot yeah. of
3: Fire, specifically. So, if you saw me <laughs> tweeting about a Chariot of Fire a couple of weeks ago, it was our little inside joke. Um, <laughs> uh, is it everything you wanted for Elliot?
5: Yes and no. Like, this is... <laughs> This is such a fucking hard thing for me because, like, I think, like, everyone sees, like, someone in the show or whatever that they personally think is perfect for Elliot or whatever. Um, And, I mean, like, the importance of Elliot having a boyfriend is just because, like, it's something we never got, not for real. And it's just nice to have happy endings for queer characters, you know? Um, Yeah. So, like, that's where that comes from, not just me, like thinking, you know, like, I want to see him make out with a boy or something like that. Uh, For me, though, like, the person I thought was perfect for Elliot, uh, that we've discussed this many, many times throughout (laughs) the podcast this season, Um, but for me, that was Rupert, a.k.a. Sebastian, a.k.a. the Dark King. Their dynamic was just so intense and incredibly hard to keep your eyes off of, and they have this, like, amazing chemistry. So to see how badly that they still wanted things to happen between them that it didn't, it was just kind of like a little hard to let go of. I mean, flash forward, Elliot is still pining over him. And Rupert had this effect on Elliot. So, like, he was really able to completely open up with him and rarely held back. And I think we should have at least had one epic kiss between <laughs> them like at the end. Mm-hmm. With one more kiss. <laughs> um, that being said, I do love that Rupert is redeemed and he's uh, the final villain is... Martin slash the beast. It's yes. just really full circle. And I love that Rupert has a happy ending of sorts stuck with Jane because I I fucking love Jane and the, you know their mm-hmm. siblings in the Clock Barons. Because I I also just knew that they would subvert the the queer villain trope. I was just like, yeah. you know, it was like stupid. Um but all that to say, I really love Charlton too. Like I've come to adore him and I think Spencer plays him so lovely as an actor and um, I always figured Charlton had feelings for Elliot but I, I don't know if I could I quite see that Elliot having feelings for him in return. Um, it's almost too easy for him and I think it's something that I will need to settle with and be okay with eventually with time because I, I really do love Charlton and they have a very soft dynamic as opposed to a passionate dynamic. Um, I also think it's just lovely because Spencer's personal favorite character from having read the books was Elliot. And so mm-hmm. the character he gets to be with being Elliot, I think that's really
1: sweet. Yeah.
5: So it's yeah. bittersweet for me, for sure.
6: Mm. Danny is the show's, it's really, you're really the show's conscience and it's most devoted and demanding critic. <laughs> yeah. You really, um, you really hold it, uh, uh, um, uh, you hold it sweet to the fire in a good way.
5: Yeah, I'm not afraid to be rough on the show
6: because mm-hmm. I love it that
3: much. <laughs> hmm <laughs> <laughs> I agree with a lot that you said though I think I I like the idea of um, of Charlton and Elliot maybe a little more than you do inherently and partly that's because I didn't have I, I wasn't quite as stuck on the um, Ruliet, is that what we, we decided to call it, the Ruliet ship? <laughs> <laughs> or, or it's
5: Elbashin depending on whether or not you want to call him Rupert or yeah. so that's never really decided, he's called all of those yeah. things All
3: the time. (laughs) I think you're right that in terms of like Elliot's natural inclinations, they are definitely toward people who are damaged and who he can have very intense relationships with, but also who right, like there's a there's a tension between that intensity and uh I think Elliot's ability to value himself. And so for me, what I really love about him ending up with, uh, Charlton is everything in that line that, uh, Charlton is wholesome in a lot of ways, right? Like he's good for him. He calls him on his shit. Um, but he also seems to love him unconditionally. Mm -hmm. That said, it was a surprise and I enjoyed it, but I also feel like I would have, I, I would have maybe felt a little more fully invested if we'd seen a little bit more build up um, over the last two seasons. Because mm-hmm. um, it makes a lot of sense, but it's 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 hard, like when you get it all in a moment at the end to put it mm-hmm. all together um, completely. Uh, yeah. yeah,
5: yeah, we were pretty shook. Like we were like,
3: whoa. <laughs> I know, there was squealing, and it was mostly happy squealing, but it was also like, oh.
5: <laughs> Someone told me that it was like, he was always meant to be Elliot's love interest, but yeah. they just couldn't make it happen until now. But um, I won't talk about that too much, because like, I feel like we should probably leave that for Sarah and John and Henry <laughs> to answer. Baseball.
3: Hi, <laughs> Seti, are you done farting yet? Yeah, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're we're skipping fashion, like I said. Um, so. But I
2: found my Alice dress.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, okay wait. wait. Yeah, but I found my dress from season one. Oh, oh my God. I love yeah. that one. The Peter Pan collar. <laughs> yeah. Iconic. I love you know, that one.
6: Wait,
4: Lev, what did you think?
6: I'm Lev, what did I think about what? Oh, oh, about yeah, and <laughs> I think I think Danny nailed it. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't have the volcanic heat of 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 Elliot and the Dark King, but um, you know maybe uh, maybe that's not what Elliot needed. Maybe he needed somebody who could meet him where he was and uh, um, sort of teach him to value himself.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
6: Uh, it worked for me,
4: <laughs> and
6: I always I, I always felt bad that uh, not bad exactly. but I, well, I felt I bad like that I never hiding,
4: gave him You are hiding shit, Lev. No, he was I do <laughs>
6: As I was going to say, I, I, I felt bad that I didn't give him uh, a proper love story in the books. And so it was nice to see him end up with somebody. Bessie, yeah. uh. <laughs> I got it out. That,
3: that's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Sunny.
5: I'm not, like, completely against Charlton and Elliot. Like, I feel like it's just something that I have to, like, come to peace with, you know? Because I feel like everyone has, like, a really intense ship. Yeah. they just like... I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, who knows if I'll ever get over it because I'm still not over, like, like Hermione ending up with Ron and it's been, like, 10 oh, years. Oh, well,
3: so. honestly, <laughs> Ron I needed actually, to do a lot of fucking growing before he could be with anybody. I <laughs> so. got
4: that one. I got that Why? I, what? I, I actually... You what? like it? I got it. I'm saying I got it. See? I understood it. For me, it I mean, felt like... like
5: Everyone just kind of ended up, like, dating each other and, like, getting married and having kids and naming all their kids after each other. It was kind of a little bit just over the
3: top. If Hermione was going to end up with a Weasley, it should have been Ginny. That's all I'm saying.
1: Okay.
5: <laughs> I, I was a hardcore, like, Hermione and Draco shipper because
3: I always just oh. thought that Draco
5: should have been ultimately redeemed. But nah. he never was.
3: <laughs> um, Salty. All right. Sh- should we MVP? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So this has been the bane of our existence all fucking season um, because this has been such an ensemble season. And it's it's kind of, one of you said that like this, the finale felt like the first episode where everyone was working together. And I think that's how mm-hmm. we felt all season, that like it just has been everybody gelling together in really great ways. Um, so I know we keep saying how hard it is, but really in a finale like this, I don't know how the fuck to decide. So the things that I just keep going back to are the Alice and Zelda goodbye, Fenn in her role as mother of the new land, and Margot mm-hmm. ready to die to save her friends. Stoic to the last, even as the tears stream down her face. Um, from within that, I don't think I can fucking pick. <laughs> and honestly, I think it's a little unfair for me to even narrow it down to that. Um, but oh my god. Okay, Seti's my MVP now.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my lap.
3: He's just peeing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. he's a cutie. Um, but but Danny, how about you? Did you fare any better trying to pick an MVP?
5: Like you, I mean, I, I think everyone deserves a shout out here. All the moments you mentioned, but also Penny, like really just being a caretaker. Um, that he's always just so great at being. Like it's like he became the ultimate caretaker. Yeah. Um, Rick playing fog post etheric realm was. amazing Mm
1: -hmm.
5: (laughs) elliot had like a lot of really good moments too and he just like absolutely killed it the entire episode like i think it might have been the most vulnerable we've ever seen him in this episode and so like i just thought that was really beautiful to see and i also really want to shout out sean mcguire and his role he really made me root for rupert like all season and it's just and it's not just because I was right about him being Rupert. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's only
3: 80% because of that.
5: <laughs> I, was just, I was just so good at it. It's probably honestly the best acting that I've ever seen from him as an actor. Um, hmm. So I just, I mean, not even just Rupert, like his dual role as surviving him as well. Like he's just really talented in this sh- season. Um, and then Charles and Esme returning as the other Chatwin siblings. <laughs> it was just so seamless, like. They were just able to jump right back into it, and it just felt like they've never been gone. Um, so at the end of the day, though, I feel like I also need to give it to
3: Sarah and Henry for writing this fucking episode.
6: <laughs> yeah, they really crushed it. Yeah.
3: Really good answer. I'm going to throw one more in there that I forgot, um, but that I think we should shout out while we're talking about people playing multiple roles, which is Dustin playing both Hyman and Hyman with Charlton inside of him.
1: hmm mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> Yeah. True. I actually was questioning. I was like, wait, is that ADR of like Spencer
3: Owen?
2: <laughs> I saw that in your notes. I don't think he it was. was no, it was incredible on the day. Like, all I was like blown away with him yeah. playing both characters. He embodied them. He's so talented.
4: He really is. Can I, can I just shout out someone behind the scenes? Yeah. With, yeah. That behind the scenes for, that um, I think has been a really important part of making the show really really good has been Chris Fisher
1: for the last
4: four years and not only for his work as a director um, which he's done really beautifully obviously Mm -hmm. but also his work in setting the tone yeah Um, Yeah. he's de facto our leader in Vancouver because the writers are down in LA and he kind of takes on that role and you know he has navigated a lot of things to keep a certain environment one of positivity one of love um i wish you guys could hear the speeches he would make at the beginning and ends of each of each season um his ability to to remind us and inspire us to think of others and and be a community and be a team um has made uh, has made a really, really big difference. Um, look, we're we're uh, young still as actors and and young as professionals, and there were times when we needed guidance, and he would come through. Um, and so I just I just wanted to, you know, as we talk about this finale and the series finale, I just wanted to give him a little uh, a little love.
5: We've tried to get him on before, but he's always like, no. Oh, okay that's not quite what fan. he said
2: he, he said, said he's he's, not, he's... chris fisher is a very humble incredible yeah fan, yeah and we would not be yeah. one of the most valuable people on this show and to myself in my life that i did <laughs> I from the show hands down
5: yeah it was never a no in like a bad way he was just kind of like i'm just here to enjoy it as a fan
2: he is a fan <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? Love did Olivia. Any MVP? MVP? Oof. <laughs> That's hard. It's a very dense episode. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Everybody. So everybody shines.
4: Like, I'm. I'd actually, if I had to give an MVP to somebody, I'd give it to Alice for this episode. I'd to say,
5: Alice? Yeah. I mean, she really took the Quentin mm-hmm. role. And
4: I, I think that she relevant. really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think she really was the leader for the quest side of things, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, when Fenn's breaking down, it's her that pushes, Yeah. you know what I mean? She really stepped up and I think, you know, really, you know, I mean, what has been, I felt like her journey has been that like, uh, who am I? Am I like, can I be a leader? Like what, what is my quest? Like who am I like without this person and, and then really stepping into herself and, and into that role. I mean, and you know, if I had to single out somebody just from the episode as a, as an, you know, an entity, that's who I'd pick.
2: Thanks Arjun. I was going to say Alice too, but I'm not allowed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You can say it if you want. (laughs) I just think that it's been a really tricky couple of seasons for my character. And um, I'm really happy with what they did with her in this season. And she's not always the favorite, but she's my favorite. And I think that she's done a lot of heavy lifting since Quentin died and having to move on past his death, um, has been really difficult and to, you know, fix her relationships with all these amazing people has been really difficult. And I think this episode in particular, I, I don't know. I'm really proud of her in this episode and, um, the final line I remember when I read it in the read-through, I started crying and I felt like such a lame loser for crying, but it was like, Oh, well, this feels like a series finale line. But that was the first time I'd ever thought maybe it was a series finale. And cause you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And, and then on the day when we filmed that final scene, um, you know, in our new little world, uh, that was on my birthday actually, and it was Aww. hands down my favorite, my hands down my favorite day of filming um, I've ever had in my career. It was just like this magical, beautiful, the most pretty day you've ever seen in Vancouver. Some of my absolute favorite people in the world were there, and people were just so happy to be there. It was one of our last like two days of filming the show, and when I said that line, "This is ours." You know, our story, it just felt like I was talking to all my castmates and Aww. my directors and my writers and my fans and my producers. It just all just felt very like I was a really nice closure for me as Olivia and for Alice and also an opening to whatever these characters are off doing. Like, that's just how I have to imagine it is that they're off still doing all these amazing things that Lev wrote and, um, you know, maybe Level Right. write. More probably not. He's definitely said no, but I would love if he did.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> love that
2: too.
5: Uh, yeah, I could never imagine like the end of everything without Alice having that big and prominent of a role. Like that's how like, mm-hmm. I really, like, imagined um, the ending, especially after you know Quentin dying. Like I was just like, no, it has. Has to go to Alice, like she has to be the one to build the new land, yeah. and she did We split
4: up a lot. I really like, liked it. Stuff got split up amongst us, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. in a really interesting way, but I think that that element it had was Alice's, you yeah. know what I mean? Alice is the heart of it, yeah. The emotional arc of it. I think, and it look, it all manifested in really different ways for different characters, and I think that I would argue that it happened for Margot, and it happened mm-hmm. for Penny, and I would ha- I would argue that yeah. it happened for all of them, but I think that it was just, like, centralized into Alice in this episode. Mm-hmm. She was a representation of that to me.
2: Yeah. Do you agree, Lev? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: but I do. I mean, I, I do, because she is, she, she keeps... So much happens in the show which which moves you know which builds on the books and move, moves beyond them but but Alice is so much a creature of the books and you know she's sort of the the voice of the books in this in this final episode uh, and that's obviously special to me in lots of ways <laughs> yeah,
5: it's so sweet.
4: But mm-hmm. love you love Penny the most, right? We going to talk yeah. about it later, Arjun. Um, Oh wait, hey,
3: was it, you Yeah, were you place? supposed to weren't you supposed to duke it out about uh whether Arjun's Penny is the same as Book Penny? Which it is. What? It's not.
4: <laughs> no. It okay, man. Is. Let go. You can let go. First season, first it, season, it, then it changed. And can I actually be honest? I actually okay, this is not something I should admit, but I do feel like if like I do feel like I slipped with the baby into <laughs> Arjun more than Penny. When I feel like that growth with when that epilogue scene where he's like really cutesy with the baby was a little bit, a little bit quicker growth than really I would have crafted. But it was a really cute baby. And I just like, <laughs> couldn't help myself. <laughs> that yeah, it was a
5: little smile. It was a very
4: urgent Yeah, smile. it was too like I watched it and I was like, oh, that's not, that's not. <laughs> That's not Penny. <laughs> That's oops. <laughs> <laughs> I think
3: I remember now texting you when I was when Danny and I were watching it, because the first scene, it was definitely a fake baby, and then it was a real baby, like at the very end.
4: We shot everything with both. Yeah,
3: baby. <laughs> we shot
4: everything with both, and I actually like I have no idea. It was a really like even we even had a real baby when we were shooting her birth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, first season Penny is the same as book Penny. I don't It's not really, like, a conversation that we need to, like, over <laughs> overdo. Don't it's understand. has
2: been an ongoing conversation for five fucking years. This, oh, no, yeah. No, it
4: started in New Orleans. It started in New Orleans in the fucking bar. <laughs> I remember the fucking bar where he's sitting there drinking a beer. And I'm like, bro, I've kept the essence of your character alive. And he's like, it's a totally different character, and I wouldn't have cast you. And I'm like, <laughs> A terrible impression of me. That's not what I talk <laughs> like at all. Fuck like you. I don't really care. I'm here now. What are you gonna do, Lev and I love you? Was, Come back to was, Brooklyn, man. Come back to Brooklyn I'm, and say that. I'm coming back to Brooklyn, man. And but it's not on. for
3: like four weeks at least or something. Yeah. yeah, not
4: until not until the virus is down, fam, but then I'm coming for you. I'm coming to Brooklyn.
3: <laughs> uh I was supposed to be in New York in May. I was gonna tell you, but yeah. it's not happening. Um, <laughs> so we
5: also had a trip planned to L.A.,
3: but yeah, that dead. didn't fucking happen either. Yeah.
4: There's so, time well. for all these this trips.
3: Time. Yep, in the after days. So yeah. I think it's final analysis time. Um, no!
4: Fuck. <laughs> what does that even mean?
3: Oh, right, well, you yeah. haven't been back this season. Um, yeah, we decided to stop trying to rate things because it was dumb and wasn't working, and we just gave everything 10s. Right. Um, right, So Fair. now we just... Summarize. Our Danny feelings. didn't give me okay. tens. <laughs> Danny gave fair. more tens than I did. Really? Danny yeah. gave more tens than I did. Yeah, but
5: I was like way more harsh about things when I was harsh than you. Yes,
3: yeah. She she gave like tens or fives, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I gave a lot of sevens. Um. <laughs> you scared? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like. I feel mean to people when I do that to their faces. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, final analysis time. As I was watching this episode and after, I kept thinking about the ending to another favorite book that I mentioned is on my shelf earlier, which is Contact by Carl Sagan. And the mm. the very last lines of those books, which are not spoilers for the record, um, is the circle had closed. She'd found what she had been searching for. And that was the feeling that I had coming out of this finale because I, I went in and I was so worried that it wouldn't feel like an ending that there was no way that it could really be satisfying since nobody knew knew that it was ending when when it was being written and filmed um but when i watched it i think overwhelmingly what i felt was relief because it it did feel satisfying to me i didn't love every single thing um i i am sad about uh julia's arc ending where it is though i appreciate what you said about it arjun i think that makes a lot of sense um But it feels like, it feels complete in a particular way. It feels like the emotional resonance of it feels complete. Um, And so that makes it feel not just like an ending, but like a good one. Um, There's a lot of questions I don't have answers to, things I want to know. But for most of the big things, the main storylines and the main character arcs, I got what I wanted or something close to it. I just, you know wish it didn't have to fucking end. (laughs) Danny. what about you? I know it's pretty hard. It's been pretty hard for you. Uh, well, I think I aired out most of my grievances
5: with the finale. Um, but I really do think it's one of the best hours of TV regardless. It's so stunning and lovely and full circle. And it's some of everyone's best work, like I mentioned earlier. And, The season in general has just been so good. And I feel like blessed that we got to see it all early and spend these sessions with so many people um, that are behind it. And it's definitely the best season, in my opinion, and just a testament uh, to how talented everyone is. And I'm gutted that it's over with. There's just like a feeling of emptiness that refuses to go away. I've seen the finale like five times now. Um, And the last couple of times I've had to pause it to like just kind of like cry and sit with it. But I my last question is just, where the fuck is the cozy horse in the new world? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
2: That was my biggest thing. I was like, wait, we don't get no fucking cozy horse. I don't get it. I've been trying to get a cozy horse in the show for a long time. Mm. Why
5: why no cozy horse?
6: (laughs) It's out there. Yeah.
3: yeah that was an expensive horse <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Arjun. what about you final thoughts on the episode on the series
4: um Whatever. i oddly, like don't really think it's my place for final analysis being a part of it in mm-hmm. the middle of it you know i think that that's like for that's something that I, I will leave to y'all as as the viewers i think that there's a certain amount of separation that's required in order to look at this sort of stuff. And so I will leave the final analysis to y'all. And I think that's something that you two have done so beautifully. Um, Like I don't do a lot of press anymore because I just, I don't, I don't like it. And mainly because, yeah, I don't feel like there's the same investment when their work that I give to my work. And yet the reason I love being on this podcast, and there's a couple others is because um, you guys do that. You know what I mean? Like such smart, really insightful things that often I haven't even thought of. And that's why I'm really comfortable to just step back and let that be your realm. Um, so I, if I miss May, I just want to echo, um, something I said at the beginning, which is, uh, you know, everything in this happens. Um, there's a lot of people that it takes to make this happen. And there's probably a lot of external forces that are required that I am not aware of, um, in my limited worldview, but, um, I just, I just can't, I can't find the way to adequately celebrate them enough, and I, and and I guess that's what I'm trying to do in these final thoughts: is just celebrate everyone that's been a part of that, and it literally is everyone from like. Um, you know, the day call location PAs to the to the writer's assistants that come up with the idea to obviously John and Sarah and to those actors that often get too much credit, more credit than we deserve, to Lev for being the, the creator of this and then to y'all for engaging and pushing. You know, if y'all don't think your voice matters, you're wrong. People read what you guys say and I think it is impactful. Um, and so, you know, I just feel strange I never would have imagined being a part of something like this you know I don't think that I could have drawn up you know being a part of something like this so often I'm just just trying to get a job Mm
1: -hmm. and
4: then to get a job that had so many other elements that you want is um just feel really lucky really fortunate and um you know thank you for five great years Um, I'm excited for what I get to do next. You know, selfishly, I'm excited to explore new things. Um, I'm really excited. I just did, I shot a short film in India, um, something I'd never done before. I did it with, you know, people that I love and I'm excited to, I feel now ready to take on different stories. And so I'm really excited for what, taking what these last five years have given me and, and bringing them to the next to the next thing, which is a movie Lev wrote about me. If y'all didn't know, <laughs> 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 sorry, it I couldn't could end. I couldn't Ill. stay yeah. vulnerable. Could no, I? Yeah. I, couldn't do it. I couldn't. I obviously I couldn't do it. I had to cut it with humor. Um, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I don't. Got, I, it's it's incomplete. It feels incomplete. I wish I. I wish I had. Um, more of a handle on it it's okay
2: anybody else final thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah no i think arjun's right there's it's impossible to for us on the inside it's it's our own experience and i don't quite know how to verbalize that because it's i'm going to be mourning the end of this show for many years to come um but i just want to thank you you two and all the fans for letting us see the show through your eyes, because that has just been such a beautiful part of this experience. You know, like I I have a hard time watching the show when it's airing and I have to watch it in my own time because, you know, we make it and that's its own thing. And it's this beautiful bubble and this beautiful experience with each other. And when it's around the world, it's something else. And I don't want to see it yet. But then when I see the fans talking about it and the way you guys talk about it, it becomes a whole nother thing. And, and it makes it. I, I I don't know, it's I just want to thank you guys for for giving us what you've given us, because that's the best part of this show. And um, I'm really going to miss Alice. I'm going to miss her so much. I don't I honestly just don't know what to do without her. But um I fell in love with her right away and I fell in love with these books and I said yes immediately when the magician's script for the pilot came across my desk and said yes ever since. Like there hasn't been a day where I haven't absolutely loved being a part of this project. And um, I don't know. Arjun's so much better at talking for a lot longer than me. I give up mm-hmm. after a minute I get overwhelmed. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just want to make Lev proud. I hope we did. That's actually very important, I me mean, Yeah, and you I want to you know thank love for for this, and um, yeah, I hope everyone keeps watching it. It's going to live out there somewhere. I don't know mm. for a long time. I hope people keep discovering it, and
4: um, two things. Yeah, Mike Cahill. Mike. Mike Cahill directed the pilot and set up a lot of what has been beautiful about our show, including that shot that Lev talked about when Mm -hmm. Jason walked in. And, you know, he doesn't get talked a lot about for whatever reason, but I just, you know, I miss him a lot and I love him. And I think he's a beautiful human being, a special artist. And Lev, you did something that was really generous and I think really helped us. Um, Was that open letter you wrote to everybody? before the show started, um, before it started airing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Um, I thought that was a really generous act of... teammate. I don't know really what to describe it, but I think that was really a big, big help to us being successful. And you have been a voice to us as actors behind the scenes, being able to bounce things off and being sort of like, like literally like a godfather, like somebody that's not always a part of the family, but knows everything that's going on. But then like, you can, I can, I can call up Lev and be like, yo, this is what I'm thinking. And he'll just be a a little, a little voice to help get us back on track.
6: Makes me think about when it was, when it was just me, uh, when I started out writing the books, uh, because I was so, it was at a time in my life when I was so lost uh you know as a writer and an artist as a person and i was just so i was just really depressed um you know the magicians really sort of took me on this journey out of that um and then the fact that so many people ended up going on going on the journey too it's really magic it's really magic
3: it is. any other final words love
6: i want to stop on magic Seems like appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to say anything more.
3: (laughs) Well, with that, we have reached the end of the podcast, end of the show. Um, But before we go, I just wanted to to leave one final note. For me, the message of the show and of the books has always been one of hope. No matter how hard things are, no matter how bad they get, it's always there. There's always hope. And while the show is ending, it'll also live in us forever, a part of us, and that hope will be a part of us too. Everything that the magicians has taught us, everything that's meant to us, it's real, and that doesn't change just because it goes off the air. We always have each other. So on that note, Lev, Olivia, Arjun, thank you so much for joining us, for being our first and last guests for your kindness and generosity and most of all for being our friends. Thank Thank you guys. You gave us so much. Listeners. (laughs) Thank you for taking this journey with us. We have truly loved making this podcast more than you can possibly know. Um, I know we have a lot of fun on it, but really it's, it it has been a project of a lifetime. (laughs) Um, And we've loved getting to know so many of you through it, too. We have a few more tricks up our sleeve, a couple more little episodes planned, so check back. But until next time, this is Clara. And Danny Signing off. Bye. Mind
4: slot. You are a beautiful, bright light, and you matter.